Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I'm Dalton Del Don and very happy to be joined today by the one and only Vlad Sedler. That's Roto Gut himself, my good buddy. You know, like last week I had Derek Cardi on. Vlad is also a dual threat, a fantasy baseball guy. Uh, plain and simply, he's one of the best fantasy players I know, uh, baseball and also football. So very happy to, to welcome you, Vlad. What's up, man? Thanks for joining Thank you so much for having me, Dalton. Always a pleasure to talk to you, at least uh, you know, to, to check in with you once a year and, uh, and do my best to avoid you in, uh, in our draft league so, uh, so that I don't have to come in second place in some leagues. Yeah, but it's so much fun, though. You and I, you know, we just can't, we, we were addicted to drafting, so we always end up in a few leagues. Just, it's inevitable. But um, yeah, happy to talk some football here. Let's, uh, let's get to the news. Um, first, uh, Matt Harmon yesterday, he discussed how Rashad Bateman left Ravens practice with an injury. Now we have a prognosis, and it's not great. It's a groin injury. He's labeled week to week. Uh, Harbaugh is still hopeful. Bateman is available week one. Vlad, how far are you pushing him down your draft board, and are you moving up uh, Sammy Watkins up any? Yeah, I mean this is a this is an interesting situation. I mean, obviously everybody loves the uh, the, the rookie wide receivers, and we've uh, we've got some uh, some early ones going. But what's happened with Bateman prior to this injury is that his his ADP was rising um, like 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 wildfire, and especially in uh, in, in some of the. Uh, the national best ball formats. I mean, there were places where he was going top 100 overall. Marquise Brown injury uh, catapulted him even further. But now, you know, we're looking at uh, a, a rookie, obviously is very talented, who the Ravens will probably take it easy with. Um, my assumption is that he will not be ready to go by by week one, and they'll just have to bring him in slowly. And unfortunately, that hurts the his re- uh, building a rapport with uh, with Lamar Jackson and, and just in general. Uh, I, I don't really want to target too many guys uh, that I have to wait on, uh, especially rookies. So uh, for me, he's he's for the most part a pass now. Yeah, I hear you. The soft tissue injury, losing this practice time. Um, what about Sammy Watkins? He couldn't be very. He wasn't very valuable as the number two guy, uh, you know, in a Pat Mahomes offense. So personally, I haven't really bothered to move him, move him up too much. Yeah, I mean, uh, there, yeah, there. Obviously, they're they're buying opportunities both in, in best balls and season longs, and you know, I've I've, I've done uh, quite a few of the season long drafts now. Really, uh, really kind of uh, you know, wetting the whistle. But his uh, again, that's another price that's just going to uh, to continue to store. And you know, we've dealt with that headache so much over the years. But there could be something there. I mean, obviously, he, he's talented. We remember him from his Bills days, and we know his potential. Maybe Lamar Jackson really unlocks that on the level that actually gives us something over the course of a full season. 
Yeah, I'm not a college guy, but I know Rotoviz was really high on Bateman. So he was, like you said, definitely getting some buzz. But this is uh, definitely will we'll hurt that for sure. Um, it's a theme here with injuries here in the news. Um, but some good news here. We'll go to Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson. They appear to be on track for week one. Uh, man, they were out there without boots on their their feet. Uh, does this change your thoughts? And, and mainly, obviously, it's uh, Jonathan Taylor. But I'm curious your receivers, too, because I kind of buried Pittman in my head. And maybe I shouldn't have. I mean, Wentz might be, might be back uh, week one now. That's, so that's, that's, that's suddenly optimistic. Yeah, if he does come back uh, and is ready for week one or even week two, I'm happy with that because the original 5 to 12 week, uh, I was really, from everything that I read, I assumed that he was going to come back on the earlier end. And so what I was really doing was was buying the dip on on Michael Pittman. So I was happy to get him uh, where he, you know, from 100, 120 overall ADP, like what, 10th round to, you know, he was falling a little bit. And so to grab someone like that um, with his talent and skill set after round 10 as my like wide receiver four or five, um, I've been happy with that. So I'm in on him. And then uh, Paris Campbell as well. I'd love to see him stay healthy for a full season and see what he can do with Wentz. What are you doing with Taylor? You know, uh, speaking of Rotoviz, their um, running back expected fantasy points last year. The Colts led their team. Uh, obviously, Philip Rivers helped there with all the dump offs. But uh, man, uh, Taylor, I'm not buying. I don't really worry too much about Marlon Mack. Every backfield splits carries to some extent. And Taylor just looked like such the real deal. And as down as I am on Carson Wentz, I certainly like him better than the alternative. So if he's coming back, I mean, the other the other thing is Aaron Jones will get back. We'll get to later. He just suffered a hamstring injury. I mean, Najee Harris has question marks. Uh, Barkley, obviously. I mean, you know, once you get past the first five, and even then, I don't love buying Derrick Henry high in PPR leagues. So, so many question marks with these running backs. Suddenly, Taylor, you could talk yourself into right there at, at the four, five, six spot or no, too aggressive. So the, the good thing is, is, is folks that have been drafting over the last couple of weeks, again, it's another, uh, I don't hate to, hate to use the term because it's overused, but, you know, but buying the dip and just basically taking advantage of uh, general overreaction by the field. And, and we saw somebody like Jonathan Taylor, who, I mean, legitimately has the potential to be a top uh, three overall fantasy producer, um, you know, just points wise take out the quarterbacks, you know, this is, this could be a, a top three guy, get a top 10 offensive line there. Um, he's obviously incredibly talented. will work in um, as a pass catcher, good for PPR as well. And I was seeing him fall. Uh, I think there was a draft. I got him 20th overall. I mean, wow. you, you can't beat deals like that. And so a lot of times it's, it's a matter of like where you are in the course of draft season, where, when you're picking guys up where you can really take advantage of some deals, because now with this news, uh, Taylor drops back into the first round easily. Yeah, that's how you win the overall contest is uh, is doing that for sure. So, ah, well done. Um, what, what next? Uh, next up in the news is uh, Marquez Callaway is the clear number one option in New Orleans for both Winston and Taysom Hill, reportedly. Just a ton of buzz up him. Everyone going down there, Traquan Smith, obviously, Michael Thomas. Some Troutman, you know, Troutman buzz as well. But what are you doing with Callaway? It's just training camp. But man, if he's the last man standing there, you got to like it indoors in that offense. Yeah, things keep changing over there. I was uh, I was on a small Deontay Harris Island previous to his uh, DUI possible suspension. Um, just somebody who I could uh, I saw in the in the Ted Ginn role, uh, but obviously not somebody like Callaway uh, or even Traquan Smith who could be more consistent producers. But you know, with no Michael Thomas there, Traquan Smith is hurt right now. Yeah, Callaway is sticking out. Um, we, we try to avoid noise as much as we can in in, in reporting, but. Obviously, something seems to be there and somebody has to catch the ball, right? If, you know, for whatever reason, Trey Smith isn't back in time, you know, who is it? It's, you know, Kamara catching, a, you know, a million passes. 
and then it's Callaway and, and Adam Troutman. So um, these guys are cheap and there's some some value in there. Uh, Going to see Callaway start to, to really rise up ADP, but um, I'm only seeing that in the last couple of days. There's always some, some sort of a, a, re, a, a slow reaction to the market. So those have been drafting the last uh, week or so have been able to capitalize on the Callaway discount. Yeah, definitely one of one of my favorite late round flyers at wide receiver. Suddenly, for sure, someone to pay attention to uh, could could continue to skyrocket as we get closer to draft day. What I uh, wanted to say earlier about Jonathan Taylor is uh, ten years ago, NFL teams would have drafted someone with his workout metrics top five. So I feel like we would have viewed him differently as far as a prospect. I mean, he was you know not quite Adrian Peterson, but he's a legit real life uh, NFL running back prospect and one of the best players. So I, I'm totally buying him, and it's great news. Not only Wentz, but also Quentin Nelson returning too. All right, so we're both kind of buying the Callaway hype. What about Darren Waller? Back to the injury uh, news. He's missed uh, eight or nine straight days, straight days of training camp. They're, they're being quiet about it. Supposedly, he's been seen on the sidelines walking around, so they're not considering it a serious injury. But I love Waller because tight end, we'll talk about strategy later, but getting one of the elite tight ends is my favorite strategy this year. And he's one of them. You know, he's he's Kelsey uh, with the round later. Um, over the last five games last year, I know it's, it's, you know, you can't always do this perfectly, but you extrapolate that over a full season. Darren Waller put up nearly... 2,100 yards and 12 touchdowns and like 140 catch pace. Like it was out of control. He's indoors. They lost their number one receiver, Aguilar, from, from last year too. So the setup here, really, you could talk yourself in, into being a, a first round fantasy pick, but obviously he needs to be healthy for that to happen. Yeah, there's obviously, uh, and, and he's somebody I think that uh, we might end up bringing up uh, in a future segment on the show, but uh, there, you know, the fact that we don't have clarity as to what it is, it's it's uh, it's tough to stomach for for somebody that's a second rounder. You're, you're you know obviously paying high draft equity for a situation without without much clarity. So I think there's definitely some concern there. Yeah, he's obviously not much we can say. We don't know. It's just such so secretive. But obviously a, a key player that's the, really the news has been so so quiet on someone that uh, I don't know. Maybe there's more to it there because these soft tissue injuries are, are something that you just hate to see. And there's a trio of running backs, man. Um, uh, Aaron Jones, uh, DeAndre Swift, and Zach Moss are all dealing with either hamstring or groin injuries. And the Aaron Jones one has been quiet. We'll start with Aaron Jones. Uh, he he's been a roller coaster. You know, he shot back up his draft stock uh, as soon as Aaron Rodgers returned, and now. I mean, he's quietly low-key durability concerns. Even when we were always hoping he'd become the feature back, he'd, he'd deal with these hamstring injuries here and there. I love A.J. Dillon, man. I mean, I'm going to – by the time draft season rolls around, I'm going to have him as like a top 20 back. It's disgusting. He's top 25 right now. He's even showing he can catch the ball. And the setup's so good otherwise. So what do you make of the Green Bay backfield with Aaron Jones missing practice? Well, who knows? We might be speaking a, a different two next week if all goes well. But this is uh, somebody that we remember last year when he suffered uh, suffered his injury. He uh, they, they they brought him along slowly. They were not rushing him back. And I re- and many of us remember because we had uh, basically invested a late first round, early second round pick in him. And there was those you know middle of the season those weeks that were just absolutely brutal where we're like ah he he sounds like he's good enough to start, but they're just going to take it easy with him. And and really this is such a key part of your, of your offense here. And um, obviously Dylan steps in as a, as a good one B here, but uh, they're going to want him healthy for the regular season. Uh, he's an integral part of this, this offense. And so, yeah, they're going to take their time with him. I, I don't see him slipping too far unless the news is bad. I mean, you're, you're still going to, you're going to have some uh, sort of uh, offset from what's happened over the last two weeks where Aaron Jones has been now consistently going in the first round, whereas, you know, a few weeks ago is going in the second so it might be a little bit of a fallback, but other than that, it's just, you know, the same sort of Aaron Jones second round safety so long as he's healthy. 
Yeah, I'll probably settle in at the wheel there at the end of the first. Sounds about right. I mean, the upside is there. He doesn't need 300 carries. I mean, because the reception should increase with Jamal Williams leaving, Bakhtari returning. I mean, it's obviously a great, great setup there if he's healthy. Um, speaking of Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift, um, I wanted to, uh, I wrote a column of running backs I'm down on, and I didn't, and I decided not to add Swift because basically my only reasoning was I don't trust the Detroit coaching staff keeping him healthy. And that just, you know, there's, that's this silliness. The guy's awesome. He, he, clearly he can, he can play, he scored quietly at what double digit touchdowns last year, even when he dropped that one, everyone remembered. Um, so I get the upside there for sure. A team that quietly is a really good offensive line too. I mean, we make fun of, uh, you know, the coaching staff there from a fantasy standpoint, but it might be good for the running back. So what are we doing with Swift? Who's now missing quote unquote, significant practice time with a groin injury. One of the, one of those soft tissue injuries, um, who knows how serious it is, but Jamal Williams, who I know he went from just a, you know, just a guy to quietly improved as a running back last year. And I think he's a very intriguing mid round or, or a late round running back. What do you think, Vlad? Yeah, it's funny how the, the it's all uh, interconnected here because uh, four years ago we were having the discussion, or at least Twitter was Jamal Williams versus Aaron Jones. And we, we saw oh, the way that that turned out. And so the hype on, on the, on Jamal Williams has popped up again. And granted is, you know, your, your, your fourth or fifth running back after pick, you know, 120 overall, somebody like Jamal Williams is, is interesting. Uh, but I still do think as long as Swift is healthy, it's going to be the Swift show uh, there. Obviously there's concerns with that offense. Um, I think golf is, is, is going to be somewhat serviceable. And uh, I think they're going to get something out of, you know, obviously out of uh, Hawk, TJ Hawkinson is a big target. So I'm a little bit more bullish on this offense than I think, uh, than I think most are. And I think Swift will play a big part in that. Um, let's see him fall a little bit more. I mean, if, if, uh, if it doesn't seem like it's all that bad and he's falling to the fourth round, maybe even fifth, I'm going to hop all over that all the time. Uh, the problem right now is he's just so polarizing because of coach Lynn and all of the mayhem that comes with him, hijinks. Uh, because of Jamal Williams, uh, because of that offense. So there is some reason for concern. Um, so I'd love to see the price fall a little long, a little more. Yeah, before the coaching talk, the Stafford left, Jamal Williams called 1A, 1B. Yeah, in my head, originally uh, in PPR leagues, yeah, he was like an end of the first rounder or something. But And and another thing to note, Jamar uh, Jefferson, a rookie there, was impressing a bit, and he left injured too. So if it's Jamal Williams' last man standing, I know he's like a boring veteran. No one will consider a league winner, but my eyes are, are, are definitely on him. But I hear you with Dondre Swift, man. If you get him, sure, fourth, fifth round, he could be a league winner. And finally, Zach Moss, a guy who's finally moving up, buying the hype that he's was separating himself from, from Devin Singletary. And then he suffers a hamstring injury. I was kind of avoiding both these Buffalo backs to begin with, with, with Josh Allen, one of the best goal line rushers there. Doesn't really throw to the backs too much. So thoughts on Moss, Singletary, you like any, any, anything to do with this? Not particularly. I think, um, I, I think I fell forward or I bought in just uh, maybe last week in, in, in that one uh, 12 teamer that, uh, that you and I were in together and just was a place where, he had fallen and, you know, my guys, Damian Harris and, and James Connor, two guys that I like in that range were both gone. And so, hey, why not? Let's take a stab. And of course you do and yet another injury. And it's just unfortunate. And it's already a situation that, like you mentioned, where we're sort of we're backing into. Right. Because Josh Allen is so good at the goal line. They do have them and Singletary, who talent wise really isn't all that much different than Moss. And really, what were people drafting Moss on at last week was that, you know, that was a single report of how good he's looked and how, you know, how, how much superior he is to, to Singletary, at least in practices. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, going forward, I'm going to just kind of, you know, pull the reins back. Yeah, it is unfortunate. All these injuries, uh, man, I hope they get healthy for the regular season. Uh, better now than then. Um, but definitely these soft tissue things are not great for these running backs as if the position already wasn't chaotic enough. 
Um, all right, Hard Knocks recently debuted, and I know you're a Dak guy. I believe you even said maybe MVP talk. Uh, so I'm all in on him too. Hopefully the shoulder issue is minor. Uh, man, I liked him before. Love him even more now after watching him on, on Hard Knocks. So thoughts on Dak for MVP? Uh, that is the only preseason wager that I have placed so far. I did it Love about it. Uh, two, three weeks ago. Uh, this was before the the you know the shoulder baseball injury news or or whatnot. And and again, it's seventeen to one. It's uh, the odds are there for uh, for a reason. And obviously, coming back from last year's injury, it's it's concerning. But everything's just set up for him uh, uh, really beautifully. Not to mention a schedule that I think is really advantageous uh, for that pass game. Uh, seeing CeeDee Lamb take things to the next level, a healthy Cooper, Michael Gallup, who I'm very bullish on, um, Elliott and, and Pollard, a fantastic combo, getting some of those O-line guys back. Uh, a lot to love here, a lot to be bullish on. I uh, have not watched that episode yet, uh, but I heard something about Z- uh, Zeke is annoying. I don't know. I, I haven't seen it yet. He wraps uh, Christmas present about as well as I do. So I can't, okay. I'd love to laugh. I'd laugh at him if I only wasn't so bad as well. But, um, but yeah, no, you know, you got to check out the show. But Same. yeah, dude, I'm with you on Dak, man. I hope he's healthy because I've been grabbing him fourth, fifth rounds. Easy. Um, even though Pace to shatter the NFL record in passing yardage last year. And one of those five games, he came in LA against the Rams defense that allowed the fewest yards per play. They get both tackles back. They combined for the most plays last year because they run the fastest pace indoors you said it cd lamb what's not to like other than health yeah. so please stay healthy that even gives you six rushing scores like clockwork every single year so i love that at 17 to 1 because yeah i mean the, the quarter yeah it's a perfect setup the defense isn't great the division's still totally winnable even though i like washington but but yeah man dak 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 hopefully he stays healthy if you, what, if you have any thoughts on the injury it's a baseball guy have you read any uh you know the, the injury doctors have you swayed one way or the other uh, no, I mean, it's, it, I think there's still obviously a little bit of, uh, reasons for, for concern. And so it's, it's one of those things, if you're just doing one, uh, say, you know, expensive draft or your one home league, most likely you're not having to do that until, uh, you know, later on in the, in, in the month, uh, or early September where you don't really necessarily have to, to worry about that. But if you're drafting now and you're, mul- you're drafting multiple teams, I think it's a, you know, it's a good opportunity to, to take on somebody that's even fallen a couple rounds injury wise, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I play a, a gut doctor on Twitter, but uh, not one in real life. So I really, I really am not, am not sure. Yeah, no, that, that's totally fair. And the thing with Dak is not just Dak, but Zeke's a top five running back. They have two top 15 receivers now. So it just affects, affects so many people. Yes. Uh, two things I left out on, on Vlad's title. You're a fab whisperer. You're a genius when it comes to free agent. And also um, I'm, I'm really proud. I have my son. He's four years old. I taught him to swim the other day and Vlad on Twitter his two-year-old son just turned two, learned how to swim without floaties. Vlad, man, impressive. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, he's, uh, we're, we're trying to get him, uh, get him out there. You know, he's got the, got, got the Russian blood, maybe, uh, yeah. you know, knock on wood, Olympics in his future. No, no, I love it. Just two years old, already swim without floaties, man. Uh, impressive. All right, Vlad, so strategy. It's a good segue here. Let's talk some strategy for fantasy football. How is Roto Gut? Uh, what are you doing? You got a good thread. Um, Talking about entering, you know, big money drafts. Um, just talk, just in general, Roto Guts uh, strategy for fantasy football this year. So I think it's uh, it's very similar to, to how I've been drafting, uh, I guess, for the last twenty years. Is is I don't really apply any extreme strategies. I think on a sort of a, a very basic level, you know, for the most part, I'm I'm looking for players on good offenses, as as, as simple as it sounds, and not necessarily the offenses everyone thinks are going to be good, but taking advantage of basically market inefficiencies um, from how I see it, where you can basically pounce on values in the draft. And so, you know, for me, I don't typically, you know, work with like a zero running back strategy. 
um, because I'm drafting a lot of, um, you know, the NFFC contests and the higher stakes contests with a, a large overall prize. That's what I'm targeting. I, I'm really sort of blending my early round safety with, with later round upside, really, you know, going for those, uh, you know, for those big ticket guys. But you, you can't, you got to have that balance between the safer guys and, and uh, you know, the other guys. So it really depends where I'm falling as far as my draft slot is concerned. If I got the one pick, uh, I'm perfectly happy. I know many years in the past, I, I'm content with a 12 or, or 11 because I feel like there's always something good that falls there and I can take advantage of it. And with a third round reversal setup, usually you're getting that third round pick is the first pick of the third round. So three picks in the top 25 is nice. But even in third round reversal this year, the advantage that you get with a Christian McCaffrey, I think is nice. So if I get a McCaffrey, starts off with a nice base and I can sort of, you know, venture any direction that I want to go. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, just, just, you know, targeting, uh, you know, best players going after my guys, not being afraid to jump ADP. And um, I mean, kind of that in a nutshell. It's funny you say you're oh, keeping it the same as I've, I've always done because uh, my strategy was so bad last year, I had to drastically change it. I was waiting on quarterbacks, you know, oh, you know, but no, I think now it's super important to get one of the ones that run. Um, oh, I overloaded on running backs. I was definitely one of those donkeys who was drafting three or four in a row, including obviously the dead zone, which we'll get to, and avoiding those wide receivers switching teams, man. They got to learn the new system. Stay away from Stefan Diggs, man. So those are the mistakes that I'm uh, trying to uh, definitely learn from because I've totally switched it up. I'm not uh, totally just, I must jam in the running backs early. Certainly, I think it's important to get one of those rushing quarterbacks, which I've found, which I've struggled with because I'm all about getting the, the fine Josh Allen uh, and Dak Prescott in round five. But I feel like it's a waste when I can get Trey Lance in all these round 12s, Vlad. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So yeah. super, that's why you should all be playing in super flex. But how have you been treating the quarterback position specifically? Because you say like you always have, but really we've always waited, right? You can't really do that these days. So thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it, that's also, uh, it, it's format related because you want to have somebody where, if you wait too long and you end up grabbing two guys in, say, you know, the the, the, the Tannehill, Brady, um, uh, that, that sort of range over uh, Justin Fields and those guys, you can end up putting yourself in a real pickle every week trying to decide based on matchup because sometimes it's not too clear. You know, it's not just like, you know, oh, this this team's going to play the Lions, so it's, it's, it's an easy call for the quarterback and this team's going to, you know, face the, the Ravens defense. So that that's an easy decision. A lot of times you have similar matchups and you're having to make really, really difficult decisions. Um, and so in the formats that I play in, I'm fine with taking an earlier quarterback, usually never the first, but when you have a range of guys like uh, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson that are going, you know, I'm sort of playing that waiting game, seeing which guys that I like fall to me. I know that everything's not going to work as perfectly as it did in 2019, where I basically had an all time year because loaded up on all the Lamar Jackson that I could in, in the 11th round and sort of before the hype started, cause I was drafting early and then just pounded the new England defense. Just some we'll probably talk about it later, but just something that stuck out to me that year was like, why is this guy, this team's defense uh, schedule so easy. So those two things, um, you know, really propelled my 2019, but you're right. The running quarterback part is, is, is really a big part of it. Cause even looking at like Brady's game locks last year, he had those, you know, the 400 with four touchdown games and then, 150 with one and two, you know, an interception. So it's really tough with the, with the pocket guys. So you're right. As far as uh, uh, going after the guys that uh, are sort of that Konami code. Yeah. Brit, you have to throw for 40 touchdowns, even be like a top 10 guy with you don't run. So, um, so it's funny. I say that you must get one of those seven or eight rushers, but the league's also adding, you know, Jalen Hurts now. Not And all the, ro- the rookies run, too, from Fields. Lawrence could be a generational talent. My guy, Lance. So 
I don't know, I guess the answer really is super flex is, you know, it, it requires the most strategy and it's the most fun, but um, it's really interesting how, how much that's changed from just five years ago, the quarterback, just wait, 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 and then wait longer. Um, I want to ask you specifically more about the running back dead zone. I, like I said, I'm with you. I, I, I hear you. I, I'm totally fine with uh, drafting receivers there, even though receivers so deep. I typically am like going after an elite tight end, the Waller, or I'll, I'll, I'll draft Kyle Pitts uh, disgustingly high. Um, but what if, what if there's someone like, um, well, Jonathan Taylor was a quote unquote dead zone last year. What about, what if I love Daryl Henderson or really I love Travis Etienne? Am I a donkey if they fall in round three, four? Can you talk yourself into any running back at all in that area? I, I think you can. I think the most, um, the, the situations that I per- personally like to stay away, with, uh, stay away in, and to me, the dead zone, I feel like is a little bit um, after that. It's a little, a little beyond that. It's a situation similar to last year where the Ravens, for example, had Ingram and, and Dobbins going right around the same ADP. They were going probably like 50, 60 overall. That's like the end of the fifth round. And those were tough situations for me to buy in on. And I feel like we have some, a lot of similar situations here, crowded backfields, not a lot of clarity how that's going to go. And we just didn't know before the season how Dobbins was going to be used. And obviously, if you held on to him, eventually that, that ended up paying off, you know, running at six yards a clip. He was phenomenal. And now he's a third rounder. Ingram fell to the wayside. But you had to wait for it. And there, I think there was even a period of time, I think maybe weeks five, six, where we were, because of his usage, we were even concerned about dropping him. I know that some people were in 12-team formats. And so there's a lot of those crowded backfields that it's tough to get in on. First of all, I would never draft two of those guys. Like, even if I love the Niners uh, backfield, I don't know if I can, yeah, I don't know if I can extend um, my sixth and seventh round picks on one situation. I feel like I'm sort of hamstringing myself there. Uh, but the guys you mentioned, um, I still, for me, I think they're a little bit before the dead zone. Henderson, I love. I know he got a little hand injury. If he's healthy, he's great. ETN, uh, he could be a stud, specifically in PPR. But he is getting that, uh, um, really, the, the price bump, seeing him go in the third round in some drafts. Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, I'll be guilty of the helium myself. Um, strength of schedule, I know you touched on in the thread, too. How much do you pay attention to it, if at all? Uh, I do. And I, I like to look at uh, different resources. I like to almost piece mine together a little bit because there are obviously there, there are free sites and, and, and there are some good resources out there, but you almost have to do a little bit of your own due diligence in order to, to make sure that some of these things make sense because you don't always know what the formula is, how much of it is, you know, going back to last season, how much is it projecting for, for the future season? Um, so a lot of things to think about in that regard. And, um, I, I definitely use it, but I like to look myself, like I, you know, I pull up the NFL schedule grid and I'm really sort of familiarizing myself with it. And I kind of see the ebbs and flows and schedules. And I know it's helped me a lot over the years, things like looking at, uh, the Raiders having an incredibly tough start against a bunch of, you know, strong defenses that kind of put pumps the brakes for my love of, of some of those receivers there. And, and just things like that, that I get a feel for most importantly is looking at the playoff schedule understand that i mean i understand that a lot of things can change by the end of the season you know uh, teams could lose you know half their lines or their defenses whatever but i still that's still a key component for me uh, to me because i'm playing in these overall contests i don't want my you know second round running back to be up against you know ravens d or tampa bay d and things like that so i'm bringing that into account as well yeah, I look at especially outliers like I know it's talked about, but the 49ers, not only do they have the easiest schedule overall, but their fantasy playoff schedule is just like com- comically easy, at least as it appears this far out from the season. 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I do mention the schedule. Like, I feel like the Bengals are at a disadvantage having to face the Ravens, Browns, and Steelers six times. Yeah. I mean, I feel like those teams all project to be top five-ish units. And that's, I don't know, something to, to consider, certainly at least in tiebreakers. But yeah, actually, I, I do look at strength of schedule myself. What pick, I know you talked about the third round reversal and liking McCaffrey, but if you, what is your draft preference, Vlad, this year? Yeah, I mean, if I can get a one, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll I would love to have that, and, and I'm mostly playing in the in the third round reversal format. Um, but I'm starting to get, and I'm usually comfortable at the ends. And now I'm I'm fine with uh, being right in the middle, you know, five, five, six, seven, because I'm getting somebody like a like a Kamara right now. Like folks are worried about about him, and and, and I'm really not, to be honest. Uh, even with the change in quarterback, I mean, he's going to be heavily utilized, you know, what a 80 plus receptions and four plus seasons. I don't really see that changing. So long as he stays healthy, if he's falling to me at uh, a pick six, that's a good preference. Instead of me having to force something at a three pick, like for example, if I, if I really knew if I absolutely had to have Zeke over Eckler, Devonte Adams, Derrick Henry, then give me the three. But if I don't have much of a difference of opinion between those guys and one of those good guys are going to fall to me at six, I'll take that and then get a higher second round pick. Yeah, I am kind of one of those guys. I like Zeke at three there. And then I'm like, I don't really care, but totally agree that right now, I don't think it's that important. Uh, if McCaffrey, obviously vintage, the win rate through the roof, but he has so many question marks there. I don't think it's like super, super important which, which spot you get uh, this year. But where, where do you stand as far as Travis Kelsey? Uh, obviously, we, we know the advantage of getting an elite tight end, but taking him over one of the backs, for me, I can't do it at his age. I, I like Waller around, around later, theoretically. What do you, what do you think? So if I had just one draft that I was making my season on, I don't know if I could go there. And that's only because it becomes an uncomfortable build. And it's not just for me and you, it's for, for everybody, unless that is your thing. But when you start off with a tight end, you kind of feel like you're chasing the receivers and running backs all around. Your second running back doesn't feel as good. And so, you know, where, where you might start with a Zeke and, and, and Gibson, when you start with a Kelsey and you still need a receiver, chances are you could be looking at like, you know, Swift and Etienne or, or Gaskin as, as your one, two. And that just doesn't feel as comfortable uh, until you sort of recognize that, uh, remember what an, an advantage Kelsey is there. And me just thinking from the perspective of if something happens with uh, Tyreek Hill, some, you know, issues um, at home or uh, hamstring or anything, Kelsey's really going to eat. I know he's on, you know, he's on the older side. Well, I think he's like same age as Gronk or something like that, but um, he's, he's really a beast. He's a fantastic advantage there in the first round. It's just an uncomfortable build. Okay. Final question before we get to the final segment. Uh, I want your thoughts on, on Saquon Barkley, whom I passed on at the wheel in the league we're in together. And I'll probably regret that. Uh, well, what was the question? Saquon Barkley thoughts. Uh-huh. How, how are you yeah. willing to take him, man? Oh, I mean, what day, you know, what day of the week? I know, exactly. I know, exactly. Uh, I know. Yeah. I, so I did, I think the draft before I was in with you, I opted for Chubb over Barkley. And this was, you know, when, when the news wasn't all that promising. And then I thought back, I'm like, okay, well, I got Kamara in the first. And then, I, you know, to have Kamara and Barkley as a combo is probably really rare in this contest. It's maybe the only couple days where Barkley's like a, you know, late second round pick. And I feel, felt bad I didn't jump on it. I went for the safety of Chubb. Uh, literally the next week, and I think maybe that was in the draft I was in with you, I jumped on Barkley in the second round just because uh, I, I think it was the Kelsey team. I think it was Kelsey Barkley. And I just, you know, it was almost like that uh, FOMO. Didn't want to miss out, wanted to get a share. So really, I, I wish I had a perfect answer for it. Of course, I'm concerned. Um, but man, if he's healthy, it's going to be top six numbers. 
That's funny. I had those questions uh, ready for you. I didn't realize you did go Kelsey and Barkley in that draft we were at together, in together. That's pretty funny. Well, ah, Barkley mid-second could be. It's definitely worth gambling on in an overall contest. That's for sure. All right. Af- after smashing debut last week with Cardi, man, many people have been asking for this return here, Vlad. So um, it's uh, who, who are your must-have players and who are the players that you are avoiding at all costs at each position? So first up, quarterback, Vlad, who is your must-have QB? Um, man, I, I really wish I'm, I was good at like, you know, simple, quick answers without running around, but it depends on the format. And I'm playing a lot of NFFC where it's a six point uh, per touchdown. And I like to be able to grab uh, a Lamar or a Kyler or a Dak or a Wilson, but I'll switch up the answer for this case is I'm, I'm talking about my QB two, uh, which you don't always have to take. If you have them, you know, Mahomes or whomever, you don't necessarily have to draft a, a second quarterback because in those leagues there, you can always pick somebody up on waivers. Dar- Sam Darnold will probably be there all year. Zach Wilson. But I really like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, just kind of really feel that uh, he's somebody that's been uh, sort of like a, a fill-in, you know, mop-up, backup plan kind of guy. And this Washington situation for him, I think, is absolutely perfect. It's a very unique spot for him to excel. And the weapons are phenomenal. With Terry McLaurin, obviously, uh, you know, rising star, finally going to be healthy. Uh, and multifaceted Curtis Samuel, check down man McKissick. You got Gibson, O-line strong. D is fantastic. So, there's a, there's a lot to like here. And even in the early season, they're, they're going to face the Giants, Atlanta. Um, you, and you can get them, at least in the leagues I'm in, 18, 18, 19th round as your second guy, like a, a forgotten about guy. So I'm big on Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I kind of threw a loop for there on the answer as, a, as basically as a backup guy I like. Oh, no, that's great. It, no, no Taylor Heineke buzz worry, huh? There's a little buzz. He's out playing them early on in camp. Yeah, that's fine. That's exactly what he thrives off of. At least that, yeah, that's how I feel. So yeah, as long as he's healthy, I think he'll be fine. Yeah. No, I'm not going to hate on a Fitz pick. We need Curtis Samuel to get healthy. I I went in on them a couple months ago to win the division. Um. So yeah, I love that yeah. defense and uh, hopefully Gibson's toe can stay healthy. So, uh, running back. Who's your Who's your running back that you're targeting? Uh, again, I'm going with a late round uh, a, a late round guy just because I mean there's so many running backs I I, I love early. You know, I, I I'd be happy with. Uh, with uh, Antonio Gibson, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the second round. Uh, but the guy that I'm ending up with a lot of, uh, of shares of is, uh, is Damian Williams uh, for the Bears. And for a lot of reasons, to be honest. Uh, first of all, Tariq Cohen, there's really no timetable on his return. I know uh, that Nagy kind of, um, the coach sort of backtracked on his original thoughts of when he could be back. So I think that's really the, the biggest benefit for Williams. Um, he's also familiar with Nagy's coaching uh, system from before. Uh, this is a, it's kind of a tough offensive line to run behind. Uh, I think it's probably bottom five this year, at least in my opinion. And I don't think necessarily David Montgomery is, an, is a generational talent or anything. I mean, I don't think anybody thinks that, but he was a very profitable fantasy guy last year because of volume. They really needed him. They relied on him. Um, so many catches as well, a good check down option. And so I just feel like De- Damian Williams can step in there very well, sort of, um, you know, balance out with him. And he had those big playoff games, obviously, uh, you know, a couple of years ago with the Chiefs. And even that year during the regular season, he only had 100 carries. But among running backs with at least 100 carries, he was fourth in the league in um, yards after contact uh, per rush attempt. So I think that was uh, pretty impressive, like three and a half, I believe, yards for con- uh, rush yards there. So Damian Williams, he's cheap. Uh, other than I think um, the best ball drafts, the UD drafts, but other than that, uh, I'm really in on him. Oh, I love these deeper picks, Vlad. Damian Williams, the last time we saw him, he was uh, could have been voted the MVP of the Super Bowl. Um, so, and, and t- 
Cohen looks like that's going to be a, a, a while before he returns. And right before we started recording this, Allen Robinson went down with a maybe hamstring injury. So they're running out of targets there. And David Montgomery uh, certainly benefited from the easiest schedule down the stretch last year. Justin Fields could be a star at quarterback, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I like it. Uh, sleeper there. Um, who's your wide receiver pick? Uh, so wide receiver is actually somebody that you just mentioned just, that got hurt. And I, I didn't plan it this way to have two bears. Um, I was originally thinking I was going to have McLaurin in the slot, but really it's Allen Robinson. So as long as he's healthy, uh, he's just a beast. I've been infatuated uh, with him since that big season in Jacksonville. Um, feels like forever ago, but you know, I guess 2015 was forever ago, but uh, 1400 yards, second and a dot among receivers tied for the league lead and touchdowns with 14 uh, back with Jacksonville. And guy's only 27 years old. For some reason, I was thinking maybe he's 30 or something, but potential to be a solid profit at third round ADP. Uh, he, uh, just a beast, 150 targets in each of his four healthy seasons, uh, averaging hundred, uh, receptions over the last two years. And then the Justin Fields effect, just the fact that you've got somebody that, uh, you know, could, could really make an impact that have a real quarterback there, I think will be good for him. So Alan Robinson for me. And Darnell Mooney could be the perfect counter there. Just, I guess he's been on fire, quote unquote, with his route running, but you know, not enough to be a target hog and there's no one else really there in that tree. So hopefully Robinson's healthy, man. He's put up some monster numbers, with just horrible quarterbacks, just a comical list dating back to like high school and college. So yeah, Justin Fields would just be uh, to call it improvement would be an understatement. And then finally of the players you want, what about tight end? Tight end, uh, man, I can't just, I just can't quit Johnu Smith. Uh, just, you know, sometimes you have those the, the, those visions and sometimes they come true, sometimes they don't. And we've seen flashes of it, but I think this is the perfect and unique situation, uh, especially with Hunter Henry um, now hurt and potentially sidelined. Uh, this could really open things up for Johnny Smith, who we know uh, Bill Belichick loves this guy. He's wanted him on the team. He's got him on the team. And, uh, you know, there was he made sure to, to get him. Uh, just an absolute scary mismatch for, for opposing defenses, line up in a variety of ways. Uh, he's going to get some, some, some carries uh, as well and going to be a big red zone target for them. I mean, I don't really know who who's a better bet to, to lead the team in in receiving touchdowns than than John Smith. Maybe a healthy Hunter Henry, obviously maybe Aguilar. Um, but to me, I don't know. My money's on uh, on John. Yeah, and as much as I love Jacoby Myers, whom I do, he had zero touchdown catches last year. So not not exactly a red zone yeah. beast. I had both these guys ranked, both Patriots tight ends ranked lower than uh, than the market, but um, partially just because I just I was waiting for an injury to happen, and well, one did, so that would clear it up. And obviously, if any team knows how to to deploy two tight ends, it is New England. So John, who definitely right there in a tier of upside, that's just like a, a big group of tight ends uh, there. So, all right, now the players that you hate, the players that Vlad's looking to avoid in fantasy football at all costs. You're a hater. Uh, quarterback position, who you got? Well, hate's a strong word. I don't want to. I don't want to say hate, uh, but I'm also one of the. the I'm not one of the people that that have like a just an absolute do not draft list, but there are guys that just sure. you know just end up not landing on my teams. Somebody I'm a little concerned about, obviously, is, is Matt Ryan. But the guy that I want to uh, to discuss right now, and and not just for you know just you know for the attention, but it's it's Patrick Mahomes, and it has nothing to do with Mahomes himself, nothing to do with his offense. Uh, it's literally a a market thing. It's a price thing. It's usually the fact that I don't want to be the person drafting the first uh, the first quarterback and especially not in the second or third round. I really want to just kind of always looking to replicate that 2019 success, grabbing a Lamar Jackson, somebody who's the next guy that might only happen every 10 years. Uh, but the main difference is uh, in standard leagues, just, you know, your four points per touchdown, there were 10 quarterbacks last year that averaged between 22 and 25 points per game. Uh, previous season, Lamar averaged 28, a little bit above of that, above that. Mahomes was 
you know, fourth with 21, but it's just kind of in that range. And so for me, he can easily be the quarterback one, but there's not enough of a gap in the, in the projections and the points per game for me to really justify um, spending high draft capital on them um, in, in that range. So, so for me, I'd rather wait a little bit and, and get Dak and maybe, you know, lose out a couple points. No big deal. With slightly push back on Matt Ryan because I like Arthur Smith going there, uh, but totally agree with you with Mahomes. I think he's right there. There's a group of Josh Allen, Mahomes, Dak, Healthy, and Lamar. Some could say Kyler, too. I think it's a tier that's just all equal, and he's just going rounds ahead of all of them. I personally have Josh Allen one spot ahead of him. You just like the Dable offense and the fact that he runs. You know, he's going to run eight to ten yep. touchdowns, and Mahomes doesn't give you that. He's the best real-life player. But And also, I think in people's memories is him running in the playoffs, and he consistently does that more frequently than the regular season. So yeah. don't have that be your lasting memory. Um, just the rushing stats aren't quite there for the guy that's head and shoulders drafted around above Allen consistently. So I agree. Wait on one of those other uh, QBs in that same tier. Um, running back, the the running back that Vlad Sedler despises. Uh, uh, so the I guess the guys that I don't have any of right now are two rookies on bad teams. And I just don't see the upside of the current price tags of Michael Carter and uh, Javante Williams, and especially Javante. I mean, he could be fantastic. He could be great, but Melvin Gordon isn't necessarily going anywhere. And, um, you know, and these aren't fantastic offenses. They're, you know, they have, you know, issues of quarterback. We don't know how game script's going to flow for them a lot to, to really get opportunity to, you know, to play with the lead or, or even get a lot of red, red zone opportunities and, and be able to score. So, uh, and, and just crowded backfields, right. With Javante and, uh, and Melvin there. And then, you know, our, our, our boy, Tevin Coleman from back in the day, I mean, many people think he sucked, but he's not dead. He's there. Carter's the rookie. They've got uh Perrine there. They've got Ty Johnson, who I think is kind of studly. So, um, you know, why am I going to buy in on, on there and sort of buy in the hype somebody with no experience on a bad team with, you know, with bad opportunity really when I can kind of play around and, and grab different positions there in that range. Yeah, the Jets are going to be fascinating this year. I'm so excited to see what Zach Wilson can and can't do. Um, Tevin Coleman's getting hyped recently, but man, as a Niner guy, I just can't see him playing more than a half of half of a game. I, I like Ty Johnson still as a last round deep, yeah. deep sleeper. Um, Javante Williams, I totally agree with, man. His market's interesting with Melvin Gordon might very well be the starter there. Certainly will get half the carries. Even college guys, I know the tackle breaking numbers were through the roof, but isn't that a conference that like everyone, it was like tackling yeah. was optional. Um, and, and the, the college guys I trust are like, you know, he, kind of down on him as far as like some special talent entering the league. So, and they don't, they didn't get Aaron Rodgers. I think a lot of that ADP also yeah. is like, a, maybe they trade for Deshaun Watson or Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers and that's not happening. So yeah. could not agree more than if you're drafting uh, Javante Williams over my guy, Trey Sermon, man, that you're making a mistake. So um, what about, uh, where are we now? A wide receiver, the, the wide receivers have let it. No, I don't, not to throw you off, but I wanted to side uh, sidebar and, and are you team Teddy Bridgewater or team Locke? Totally like agnostic. To I'm totally okay. agnostic. I don't, I'm indifferent. I guess I've just been assuming Locke's going to win, but I guess Bridgewater is better underneath. I don't know. Tell me, is there an opinion I should have on that? I had a, a, a long 50 to one ticket on them uh, months ago, and I was hoping for them to trade to one of the big quarterbacks. So I'm just upset that it's neither Watson or, or Rogers at this point. But yeah, it looks like, I don't know. I don't have any opinion on those two. You tell me. I, I don't know either, other than I think that Teddy's just more, uh, a little bit, maybe not as good for fantasy, um, but less volatile, a little safer. And I think, uh, you know, maybe for somebody like Jerry Judy, who's a fantastic route runner, um, I think he would probably mesh well with him and Judy would, uh, it, it would, it would bode weller or better for him, I think. 
and then maybe deep guy like Corton Sutton could, you know, maybe, you know, be, be like a best ball uh, maven with somebody like Drew Locke. So I think it just, you know, that little difference there. Um, but I don't know. I just have this soft spot uh, for Teddy Bridgewater. I'd like to see him. Even if I don't want to draft him, I just, just kind of like the guy. Totally fair. And people will laugh, but Mike Boone could even get some touches in that backfield. I believe there's a Minnesota connection, the coaching staff. Um, but I'm with you. Javante Williams. No, he's just, he was getting drafted too, too high. Um, wide receiver that you're, that you're down on. So uh, a couple of guys sort of in the same boat and, um, and I hope you will still have me on podcast at some point and still call me your friend after this. But uh, one of them is Brandon Ayuk and the other is Jamar Chase. And um, with Chase, it's really just, I feel like the, um, the upside was already baked in in a situation where it's not even about the, his inability to separate or how long he hasn't played or the fact that Burrow, you know, is, is struggling. It, it's more just the fact of no matter how talented he is, he's still a rookie receiver with a crowded receiving core with, uh, you know, with Higgins and, and Tyler Boyd. I mean, these are really good guys. They're going to sort of eat up one another's target share, but we're already sort of seeing a price drop there. Ayuk, and I, I would love your perspective on it. it. It's also just a price thing. The difference here is uh, I, I, uh, Chase's stock is falling a little bit. Ayuk's is rising, at least in the drafts I've been in. And uh, he's just getting a lot of helium based on the rapport with, uh, with, with Trey Lance. And I have no issue with Ayuk, the player or his level of talent. He's legit. It's more just the rising tag, um, an offense where we kind of have a little uncertainty of the quarterback position, got a strong offensive line, a fantastic running duo, could end up being run heavy. And then you've got a healthy Kittle. You've got a healthy Samuel. And so, you know, last year when we saw Ayuk just smashing it, there was nobody else there catching passes. It was just him just dominating everything, the, the target share, everything. Now, when you've got all the pieces there together in such a strong, well-balanced team, I don't know if I can pay um, that price for him, even no matter how much I like. All right. So agree with you on one, uh, slightly disagree. And by that, I mean, you're so wrong on the other, but we'll start with Chase. <laughs> we'll start with, we'll start with Chase, um, uh, whom I do agree with you. He hasn't played football in two years. I know that he's considered like this great prospect, but he's not particularly huge or fast as far as the workout metrics. I actually just moved Tyler Boyd right next to him in full PPR. I know that's boring and it's not being drafted like that, but um, maybe I'm buying too much into the negative reports, but they play outdoors. Uh, I already said the schedule. They face the Ravens, Steelers, and Browns six times. T. Higgins looks like a beast in year two. He's going to make the jump there. I like Higgins definitely above Chase. And Burrow's recovering from December surgery for like ACL, MCL damage, a third damage. Like, I don't know, there's a lot of issues there for sure for Chase being drafted like he was. Uh, by the way, it was like the highest ADP for a rookie receiver in quite some time. Yeah. So I think that's going to, the brakes are going to get pumped there with this negativity though, for sure. But Brandon Ayuka will not stand for it. He has a uh, Calvin Johnson's wingspan, now a quarterback who will throw deep. I get it that he benefited from some injuries last year, but I got news for you. Debo and his Jones fracture, I hope I'm wrong, but the Niners, uh, man, they're, they're, and Kittle, they're two of the more injury prone players in the league. There's no one there. They still don't have a number three wide receiver Muhammad Sanu is the current favorite wow. my guy Jalen Jalen Hurd's not even going to make the team they just spent a second round pick on him a couple years ago so by the way Ayuk had the second most targets inside the five last year in the NFL and it was 12 games as a rookie only Devontae Adams had more so assuming they'll continue to use that wingspan down there at the goal line year two is a year the receivers make the leap I am the person with the helium ranking him disgustingly high taking him in round four so guilty as charged here but you know what you can definitely call me a homer in this case too did I ask you, uh, him versus Julio, do you take him over Julio? 
uh, eight days a week. Oh, that's nice. not that's not even like in the same tier for me. Right, old right. man who you're asking me, you're comparing <laughs> old man Julio on one leg. I have them ranked 14 compared to 20 set mid 20s. Okay. Come on now, no. Okay. Yes, Brandon Ayu. Come on so, now, get get it straight. Go so ahead. he's yeah. close. He's close to that Lamb, uh, oh, yeah. uh, Robert Woods tier. Okay, I, I, you know, oh, yeah. hey, I, I've been picking up what you've been putting down for years, so I may have yeah. to revisit that. Yeah, I got him right there with the the Cooper, the the Robert Woods, exactly the Tampa Bay guys. Yep, that's right, right there. But right. I'll probably look. I'll probably look foolish. Uh, it wouldn't be the first time though. But uh, all right, one final one. Uh, tight end, the, the tight end that Vlad hates. Oh man, um, it's not that I hate him. It's just that Darren Waller as a second round pick, and with what's going on, and I know we alluded to this earlier on. It's uh, um, you know, I feel like kind of paying for the for for the career year. There's you know, obviously no, no doubt how talented, how amazing, how dominant he is. His his rapport with Carr. Uh, but the schedule really sticks out to me, at least the potential for a slow start. You know, maybe there's some some garbage time in a lot of these games, but Baltimore, Pittsburgh Steelers, Miami Dolphins, Chargers, Bears, Broncos. That is a tough juggernaut that they're going to have to face. I know Gruden wants to get the two young kids in there, Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards more involved, uh, get them more target share. You got John Brown in the mix. Kenyon Drake can catch some passes. Um, and that's it. It really just comes down to also just the way I'm building and, and sort of being uncomfortable with, um, you know, with taking a, an early tight end, but I've been seeing him drop a little bit to, to the third round and that I think can be, create a nice, uh, a little buying uh, opportunity. So in that, I might be interested in. Yeah, I laid the case for Waller. I love him. The second half, same as Kelsey, only he's three years younger. The final five games were video game-like. Um, indoors, they lost Aguilar, but injuries there. And, you know, he's a guy who didn't bust out in his career till late 20s. So, I mean, you know, and he's only done it, you know, a couple years now. So, and obviously the injury, but I will say this. Hawkinson and Kyle Pitts are the two guys I like the most. You know, a couple rounds later there. Hawkinson and Kyle Pitts are the two guys I really want to complete my draft. But anyway, appreciate you, Vlad. Um, anything you want to say? Uh, follow you on Twitter at, at Rotogut. Yes? That's it. That's uh, Thank you for having me on. Really appreciate it. Uh, and always a pleasure to talk to you. Hopefully, um, you know, if, if we're in another draft together, we're on the other side of the draft boards. Oh, you, you know what's happening soon, man. All right. On this week's College Football Inquirer, Dan Wetzel, Pete Thamel, and SI's Pat Forty pay tribute to former Florida State and West Virginia coach Bobby Bowden before breaking down the preseason top 25. I'm at Dalton Del Don. He's Vlad Sedler at RotoGut. Check us out on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. The Olympics are over and Liz Loza makes her long-awaited return tomorrow to host a brand new episode of the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. Until then, we are out. We are out. 